0: This is the Humans of Gaming Podcast, an open and honest conversation about games, life, and belief. Well, um if you're listening to this, you're wait, well, are we ready?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: That was kind of a rough. I
2: kind of screwed that <laughs> up. But
0: if you're
1: listening to this
2: i like the i like (laughs) saying if you're listening to this because it implies that they're just playing the audio file maybe but aren't listening to it
0: (laughs) if you're listening yeah i don't know why i say that i need to like write down the script for that line because i always get confused about how to actually start even though it's supposed to be like super cash i
2: never noticed that stuff like when i'm actually listening to the podcast you know like have you listened to it lately let me see the last one uh maybe tale of tales was the last one or something hold on
0: that would have been one of them i think yeah it's pretty recent one of the rolling starts
2: yeah i, I that may be the last one i don't remember i'm looking now oh i didn't hear gilgan bach yet back bach i don't know
0: that was that was a while ago that that's that's oh not,
2: that's on the no, front that's page. not a podcast that's, yeah no, that's, that's a, why it's it a, a fan me. interview
1: yeah.
0: yeah wait uh wait i did, need to have I, him on i i don't think we actually 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 did one with him no we haven't
2: oh wow it's her story huh cool yeah tale of tales is the last one i've heard <clears throat> well i uh,
0: <laughs> i feel like i gotta start a. um are you watching the debates tomorrow jay are they on cable then yes. no
2: Also, I have too much work, too much work to do anything. Are you like under the gun right now? I guess you are. So I have this crazy thing I'm doing this week. It is the, I am calling it the one week dream world challenge. Can Jay finish eight scenes? Question mark, exclamation point. And so what it is, is I saved. Why did you go with question mark before the exclamation point? Because it's first a question and then. Okay. Okay. And then exclamation point gives emphasis, right? Right. I I asked the teacher that in like elementary, and she's like, "I don't think it matters." But good question. (laughs) I remember that.
0: Um, Well, if you're listening to our podcast, which you probably are, if you're (laughs) hearing me right now, then uh, you're also listening to Jay Tholen. Jay is a good friend of ours. Full disclosure, Um, even though we've never met him, Jay, we've never met you.
2: Yeah, I know. Every time I. Well, I've only been to one Pax and you guys weren't there.
0: Yeah. I don't really go to Pax, I guess. I feel like we've met like
1: in in spirit.
2: Okay. You know,
1: just, digital space. Yeah.
2: Well, Jay a little bit.
0: Jay is known for a lot of things, but um and but one thing that I think most of you probably know him as is the guy who made Dropsy, which I think on the day this is coming out, it will have literally come out the day before. <gasps> I think that's the is idea. It's coming
2: out September 11th.
0: Is that uh? Oh no, <laughs> is that um Friday? So the we Friday? have
2: a new date. Uh, or, uh the release date September tenth. Now I might have told you something. Yep,
0: that's right. It's uh, that's it. Yep. It's coming out September eleventh. So, um, so yeah, Jay, your your game just came out. How are you feeling about that? Is it doing well?
2: I'm really rich now, so I shouldn't even be talking to you guys yet. <laughs> I mean, okay. right now, I don't like. Yeah. Well, how much am I being paid for this? This is why yeah. we hunted you down before oh.
0: before it came out, so that we could 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 get you before you're rich and famous. Um, you too. too cool for school. Even yeah. though
2: it's not in the best interest of a podcast, I guess we should tell them what date this is being recorded for context.
0: Yeah. So it's uh, August fifth. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, the weather is still it's still kind of summery. Yeah. You know? Ooh. football's about to start
2: (laughs) well my ac is broken in my car so my back gets like really sweaty and nasty yeah so other
0: than dropsy what stuff what stuff do you do you're a musician right uh yeah i guess or you have been in the past
2: yeah well i am but i mean i don't know i i'm more a play arounder because i feel like people who actually know harmonic theory and music theory are, should be called musicians, and I just play around with crap and then layer it a hundred times until it sounds really cool to me. Do you think that, like,
0: Kanye West knows music theory? I think he knows some. I, um. I've seen
2: him use a sampler. Have you seen any <laughs> of these
0: videos of him? You've used a sampler, though, right?
2: Well, yeah, but he he layers, like, samples to, on top of each other that have pretty com- complex harmonics going on, so he has to at least... Maybe he developed an intuition if he doesn't know a uh theory itself but he's really quick like these buttons he's just like presses them like lightning and layers all these samples just on a little keyboard like sampler and it's crazy okay
0: oh i want to do something fun since we're recording this before the game comes out and it'll be released the day after okay. i want to know i want you to predict your meta score your <laughs> your metacritic score
2: okay i think this is real hard okay because the know, socially it conscious hard. uh it's a real or if you
0: want you can you, here's your choices you can predict your metacritic score or you can predict you can identify and predict three outlets
2: what they will score it as. or what they'll say because a lot of them don't even score anymore Right, that's true.
0: Um, okay. Mainly, I just want to know what you think Polygon will give Man,
2: you. that's the question. Because will they think <laughs> I'm being insensitive because Dropsy has an appearance of having a developmental disorder? Or will they think it's uh-huh. good because of all the representation and stuff that's in this game and How positivity? That- huh? Does that stress you out, like the fact that people will take stuff like that the wrong it way? It doesn't worry me too much, because I know the play, p- players at large, the people who are going to play it anyway are just going to play it anyway, I guess. But our big trailer just came out, and yeah. um, our first initial trailer, not the launch trailer, which I think will be a bigger... Uh, we're, we're working to make that pretty special, too. It's going to be like a sing-along, but... So you were
0: telling me what your Metacritic score was going to be, or what Kill Screen Polygon, yeah. and... some of the
2: comments that we've had we've had some guys just like (laughs) rake us over the coals in the comments and they're like how is this even okay you got a pedophile clown hugging people and like (laughs) i'm like where do you get that i get see i've lost any the ability to see him as creepy at all i just think he's a little bit adorable and i know that he's just a good guy so i don't it's it's i guess it's like I've used the analogy of if you've moved in next to, like, a neighbor who you think is kind of weird at first, but then over the years you get to know them, and they're just good, they're just good a good person who you misunderstood at first. It's like in the movies where there's a, the trope, like in Home Alone, how that guy, he was supposed to have killed people in the neighborhood or whatever, but he's just a really good guy, you know? But, so I feel like that about Dropsy now. Like, I feel like I almost know him. He's a good dude, so I can't... So it's it varies so much all the responses and i've had people who just saw it say it but he's so cute too so that comes through too so i have no idea what how the media outlets are going to react because because um it is a very very positive like super like the undercurrent of joy and positivity and like goodness is so strong in this game that If a reviewer plays it, I think that they'll appreciate that if they're one of the ones like Polygon who try to turn their articles into think pieces a lot, you know, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. write about social things through game reviews a lot, then I think they'll find a lot to appreciate as long as they don't think I'm making fun of people with developmental disorders, which I'm not. We don't make fun of Dropsy at all in the game.
0: So would you say that Dropsy does have a a developmental disorder or is that like totally outside the scope of the game. It
2: wasn't even a it, like I realized that it looks an awful lot like that so and and he shares traits with people who do so I I planned consciously around that because I have relatives who who are autistic. And I don't want to make something that'll hurt them, you know. So, so I, I've definitely planned around it, and it and it fits into this theme of belonging a little bit too. But Dropsy is treated like Dropsy is the only pure, like completely innocent, like maybe not completely. He does clumsy stuff, but you know, he's the old, he's the good guy in this game. He's uh, everyone else has their little flaws or their or or whatever. And so, yeah. um, he's he's treated with a lot of respect and you're never supposed to laugh at him really. So Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the score will be. I'm I'll say I'm gonna be real positive and say low ninety. Really? Yeah.
0: That's brave. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. Because cool. I think especially by the end. By the end, like when it's in the state I want it to be in, which it will be in mm-hmm. in about a month, I think I think we have something really special.
0: Will you be disheartened if it's like seventies? No,
2: I, like no. that's my that's my low expectation. I'll be disheartened if it's like if it's below seventy. I'll be disheartened. Sixty nine because it's such so, a weird. 68. It's an adventure game. It, there's so many kind of I guess untested things that we're shoving into one game yeah. that I. It's such a weird thing to predict. So I I'm not really trying to settle on any hope of what? any particular like perception yeah. or Can
1: you narrow down? I mean, by the time this releases, it'll be out, so it's not really like a spoiler. Um, but can you can you articulate like what it is that's really unique and untested that you're doing that you think's going to resonate with players?
2: Yeah, and and I guess um it's not that inventive or whatever but it, it does combine things that normally aren't in the same game um the adventure we were billing it as an open world adventure and so what i guess that means is there is a main uh sequence of puzzles you can do to push the story forward and beat the game and get to the end of the Plot. and the plot in the game it has very few movements in it there's like one big climactic thing but it's it's relatively uh small plot wise like there, there's only a few things that that happen in it but um there are also hug puzzles which is what i call them hug puzzles and i guess <laughs> i should explain like a little bit about him dropsy is like a carefree like perpetually happy seemingly like clown whose circus uh, burnt down during a fir- during a performance about five years before the game begins. And um, it, he's become sort of a local legend in the town. A lot of people are scared of him um, or don't understand him. You, and there's some people in the town whose relatives died in the fire. So they have good reason to be afraid of you or whatever. And the media kind of played up, you know, the local, like, town, you know, newspapers and stuff played up that... That you might have done it or started this fire and everything hmm so um, but a lot of the game is you going around this world where most people are somewhat miserable or sad or whatever and or just hate you yeah. <laughs> and and um and 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 you Dropsy just wants to hug them but most people won't let you hug them if you're a clown that looks like Dropsy does and you approach them for a hug so you have to figure out a way to sort of uh get them to let you hug them and there are a lot of the optional puzzles in the game some of them are mandatory but most of the hug puzzles are optional and every single NPC or character in the game will will have will be huggable somehow like, so all of them have little micro puzzles, usually like one to three steps, I guess, to figure out how to get them to let you hug them. And then after that, they, they're they a little cooler and happier, and maybe they're a little nicer to other people in the game world. So it's open world in the sense that you can... And and after you hug people, um, so you will go... Like, if you go back to your room, you'll see little colorings on the wall of everyone that you've hugged so by the end of the game if you decide to do all these optional hug puzzles you'll amass like a huge stalker wall of like these crappy (laughs) colorings of like all the people in the game world in it
1: like a hug mural
2: Yes, a big, huge hug mural wall, and um, and we're going to add, like, a little stack of, of blank papers to show you maybe how many hugs you have left approximately, and when the stack is empty, then you've hugged everyone, because that's some feedback we had, is people didn't know how many hugs. How many there.
1: hugs there were left to give.
2: And, yeah, in, in the beta, not all the hugs are in yet. <laughs> that's something we're, like, frantically, like putting all the hug puzzles in can him. you go back and hug people you've already hugged like a yeah you of can love. Hu- yeah you can you can hug them as many times as you want but it'll just replay the last you know their their little same hug animation if you want to if you want to <laughs> just go re-hug everyone you can do that. <laughs> so but, um so well just to finish like I think that's one of the weird things about this game is all all of these uh, sort of Optional puzzles just strewn about this world, and one of the backers uh, said in his comments, one of the things that he loved about the game was was that when he was a kid and would play adventure games, he wouldn't understand the limitations of the worlds he was exploring. So he would always think maybe there was a little more beyond the edge, you know that he that he didn't explore, he didn't yeah. find. And and the that aspect of this game sort of brings that back a little bit uh because mm. it feels like maybe i missed a hug you know maybe i missed something cuz the world is a little bit sprawling you know so.
0: yeah that's cool yeah,
1: yeah that's cool well so, uh,
0: everyone should I,
2: I, sorry, oh, sorry i had David.
1: one last question so do you yep. is that do you believe that do you think the world would be a better place if we if were,
0: there were more hugs if we yeah. hugged each other more
2: i probably i mean how could it not be
0: <laughs> yeah i think that's i think true. the rule the rule that i've been made aware of though is that you really are supposed to ask yeah before you hug someone, yes. oh
2: yeah, for sure. Consent Unless you really go important. to my church, and then people will hug you if you don't ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> Does Dropsy ask first or stuff? He'll, uh, like you can. So there's a hug button in the UI. Like you go up there and you click yeah. hug, and then you click on someone. So you can always try. Um, and no, he generally won't ask. But some people will be very quick to like. Like the cop will do like a like he's. He has his fingers over his gun, like he's about to shoot you, oh, and, and and like all like some NPCs will like try to hit you, and so you'll you'll like most of the time you just won't be able to initially hug people. There's a little squirrel that lives near your house that he's a free hug. He'll hug you. He just loves yeah. you for some reason. Um, I don't know why.
1: Kind of like a dog.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, and you can hug your dog. You have you have companions. Yeah. So you can hug. I, I hugged the dog in the beta already. Yay. So. <laughs>
0: That was really a highlight of my playing session.
2: <laughs>
0: um, so, uh, we want everyone to play that game, obviously, and we're really excited about it. I assume we'll have someone reviewing it uh, at some point, probably soon. Um, yeah. And so, you should check that yeah, out sure. on our site and uh, buy the game, probably. Especially if it gets a 90 Metacritic score or higher. Seems like a no brainer.
2: 99. Um,
0: Ninety nine, ninety nine, tied with, what would that be tied with? Um, Half-Life? I don't know. Yeah. That's probably a 98. <laughs> yeah, it's Half-Life 2, basically. It's a, yeah. just this good. Um, so we always obviously want to talk um, primarily about sort of how, what you believe in, in your life and stuff like that. And so I want to start by asking just a pretty simple question. Where did you grow up? Like, where were you Originally,
2: raised? In yeah. Florida, Central okay. Florida. Near Tampa, but not Tampa. And you still live there, right? Yep, I live in the boondocks out in the orange groves in a in a town of two hundred people. We don't even have mailboxes. What? We we have How to walk to the post office. Oh wow. Yeah, it's down the.
0: Street. So like a mailman doesn't go around your city, is nope. what you're saying? they.
2: It's an. It's. I think they consider it an unincorporated area, but. It's wow. where we just have P.O. boxes, yeah. Do you have, like,
0: hospitals
2: or... Well, we have one in the there? nearest town, uh, which, if you drive really fast, you could get to in, like, 15 or 20. <laughs> well, what, what, how, who puts out fires? Um, The people in the next town, the next, well, the next dinky town over, because there's a dinky town really close, and then there's an actual okay. town with a hospital, like, beyond that. So okay. they have a little fire department in the next town. And when... we have an ambulance that parks at the convenience store here who just is, <laughs> I guess, waiting a lot because I see them there all the time. Wow. Yeah.
1: When you say in the Orange Groves, I should probably know where that is, but like where in Florida exactly is that? So
2: it's Polk County. It's uh, a little bit south of Bartow, which is a little bit south of Lakeland. and Okay. Lakeland is in between Tampa and Orlando. You draw a line and it's like right in the middle of yeah. Tampa and Orlando. Yeah, yeah. I know. Actually, I know where that is. Yep. Okay. Cool. So we're
0: way south of Lakeland. And you've been in that little town your entire life?
2: Uh, Not this little town, but around here okay. in the county. Yeah.
0: Cool. So when you were – so did you grow up with uh two parents?
2: Yeah, uh, but they okay. got a divorce around when I was 18 or so.
0: 18. Okay. And were you raised uh, with religion as part of your upbringing?
2: Yep, pretty uh, well. Yeah, uh, though it, it was sort of back backburnered until I was about sixteen or fifteen, maybe. Okay. In, what, in terms what? of
1: the of your
2: upbringing, it was on the back burner. Yeah, like my dad was just incredible. Like he had a he had a job that just insane hours so he was i think exhausted a lot and so i just don't think he had time even though i knew he he, he was a very very strong believer uh and he always was it, there it was just i think an exhaustion thing and a time thing why we didn't really attend church regularly for most of my life so.
0: yeah yeah. so drew and i know a lot of this but for the listeners you, you were raised as a, a christian yeah okay w- was your mom a christian
2: uh, yes. She, she, I, I think she identifies as a Christian. Yeah.
0: Okay. And, and she was, I guess, also too busy or whatever.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, we did go to church, uh, yeah. infrequently, but as it, 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 and we prayed before every meal and, and we did have it at the center of our lives in a sense, but it wasn't a, there was another level of that, 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 we went up to when I turned 15 or 16 that really just was not present before that. Like, it, it wasn't philosophically a part of my life, I don't think, or ideologically a part of my life before that. It was just, I was part of the Christian thing, and I See? believed in God, and i defend... Uh that uh God is real or whatever, but yeah. other than that it was it didn't impact what I did.
0: It was like a cultural thing for you at first I
2: yeah guess. yeah it 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 was it was a cultural thing, it didn't impact how I lived or how I mm-hmm. treated people or anything,
1: so what happened to take that to the next level, like when you were fifteen or sixteen for your family
2: uh, so i it we moved uh somewhere we've moved a million times. Uh, when I was a kid, and I don't remember which move. Because of your dad's job? Um, It or... was a house thing, I think. Okay. Like, we were always moving into different houses. I, it, sometimes probably for jobs, and sometimes for financial reasons and stuff. But, um, and I think we started going to a charismatic, very fiery church, where they were just very, uh, well, charismatic. And, um, and I think to go there, you couldn't uh, I, I sometimes wonder, I'm sorry.
1: I sometimes wonder cuz we do have a lot of people that um that listen to podcasts that don't have like a strong background in Christianity.
2: Right. Uh
1: it's so, like when you say charismatic what, yeah. what do you mean? You <laughs> I, know what i, mean? I was going to say the Like same thing. what
2: you would imagine though not yeah. this extreme, but cuz I don't want to caricature uh make these people into caricatures, but right very right. uh uh loud preaching and people shaking around and rolling around. And it's not quite Pentecostal because they don't require you technically to engage in what, what, what are called the gifts of the spirit, you know, where it's where you're speaking in tongues and, and passing out and stuff. But it is, is very, 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 it was heavily encouraged. So, and it, I, it was almost so encouraged that, um, you would feel like you're missing something if you didn't do that stuff but it it was it was never it was never said that you absolutely must do it to be a christian it was just emphasized yeah. a lot so so yeah it was it was pretty intense In at that kind of church you didn't you couldn't go there comfortably and just be like on the fence yeah or yeah. just be um unsure or like you either had to just go all out, or you would just feel very, very uncomfortable being there. Um, yeah. So, so it was that
0: like the charismatic nature of that church is what pushed you into really feeling like you had to to be in the faith. Like, I I
2: think so. Take it seriously. Like my dad, he uh, became a Christian at a church like that, um, which is actually the one he goes to now and the one i run a projector at and attend now is that Mm -hmm. is that same church and it was founded in the 70s in the jesus movement which was kind of a time when hippies were be uh, a hippie sort of christian movement somewhat but it was it 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 was quite conservative in a lot of ways as well uh, even though it was a lot of hippies that were getting into it I think yeah. I think it was a lot of hippies who were testing the metal of the ideas that they had and then they were like, well, I don't feel this doesn't feel very secure to me, so then they moved back into Christianity but made it more of a, somewhat more inclusive, though it has definitely drifted into way more of a very very hardline conservative thing now, most charismatic mm-hmm. churches, I think. Yeah. But um so yeah, so it was familiar to me like that kind of stuff and and i had lots of childhood memories of being at a church like you know vague nebulous memories of the the charismatic stuff and pentecostal type stuff happening with rowdy like people going crazy and stuff but uh, but mm-hmm. um but uh i think returning to that almost felt like like it this is where i was supposed to be because as a child i had had those memories at a church like that and it felt you know, when you think back to when you were a little kid, everything felt magical and like the best because mm. you saw no downsides of anything. So I, I think that really made me feel comfortable there. And then when we, and then a little bit after that church, we started going back to the, to the original church. My dad went to in the seventies. And, um, at that point, like, and that, that was within the same couple of years, I was maybe 18, 17, 18, which was 10, 11 years ago. And, um, and uh, at that point, I just really started reading theology, reading the Bible a lot, really considering what I believe and wondering, like, you know, you know, I, I really just felt like I wanted to get close to God. And like I had like that part of my life was just missing, I felt like at that point. So that's why I was seeking that a lot, I think.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. that You said that was at 18?
2: Yeah, like 17, 18. I started. So that was...
0: Around the same time your parents got divorced. Yeah,
2: around that same time. Uh, And after they got divorced, my dad started going, actually going back to this church because they started living in different places, and then uh, it became more viable to go back to his old church, which is about forty-five minutes away. But that's closer than it's it was before. But uh, that's still the church he goes to. He and I go to, even though theologically I'm way probably different (laughs) now. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I still do you, get there. Huh?
0: how are you different? What do you mean theologically? Uh well,
2: I don't know what the heck to call myself now in terms of <laughs> whatever I am, but I'm not charismatic. I, I'm not yeah. uh I don't believe that the gifts of the spirit as they are called manifest in the same ways. I it uh, it strikes me as a little pagan to be honest, the way a lot mm. of these things happen. But people who, who believe that I have nothing against and I don't think they're wrong. Uh, really? um yeah. You mean pagan in like the truest sense of the word? I like- mean pagan in like you're you're beckoning a god who is distant to come and like there's a lot yeah. of repetition of of words and like oh Jesus oh Jesus oh no, 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 no. Right. come on come on healing 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 heal. and yeah. like this kind of thing yeah. and like yeah. and it's almost like when they're they're lifting hands over each other for healing it's almost like there's this imagination of like of, like, having to beckon God and, and repeatedly ask him, please, 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 and, like, so that maybe a little bit of this power will, will flow through me and and, and do, <laughs> please, please. And it's just, like, this tense, and, and, and there's a lot of claims of, like, this is the most joyful thing, but it doesn't feel very joyful to me. It feels very tense, mm. and, like, you have to beckon this distant God to, like, please do something, please. And I feel like a lot of that stuff I, I feel like a lot of the actual stuff that Jesus wanted us to do, which was, I always say this verse, this is like, I think probably my favorite verse, but the fruit of the spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Did I get that right? Did I get that right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> I, I right. Drew memorized. would know. I, I, I,
1: I haven't memorized because there was a those,
2: that, Like that... are the evidence of like what, a christian is and and if god's living in you then then you'll actually be gentle and you'll actually Uh be kind and you'll and and you'll have that and i feel like a lot of this stuff of trying to beckon god and get his spirit Uh in quotes to come down and do stuff i feel like that is we're just like borrowing old sort of pagan ways of doing things again instead of actually like being christ to the world which is which is exhibiting those things and i think all like love joy peace patience gentleness i think those are tangibly powerful you know like if we do those things then they have a like if we actually tried to do that like that would have a very powerful Mm -hmm. impact so I, i that's how i'm different like i really don't think that it's necessary to have to beckon our god Come down i think he's always near and like when we operate according to the things that he likes us to do like the love and joy and that like i think that that that's that's when uh things change uh you know yeah yeah to... it sounds
0: like you're describing dropsy a little bit
2: yeah <laughs> like the fruits
0: of the spirit and what happens as a result of
2: yeah it's definitely like Dropsy's kind of not allowed to do anything other than good stuff like okay <laughs> I take that back. Like, he'll see a shiny coin somewhere, and he'll pick it up. But, like... What a
0: joke. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but it's a naive kind of, you know, uh, thing. Yeah, it's definitely... There's no way I could make a thing, a project that takes me four years, and then not... It not have meaning you know and and i think and and if i didn't have that meaning in there then i would feel like i wasted my four years like it it's not a message i'm not trying to like tell people this is how you should live but it's just it's just comes out of me because that's just what i deeply believe you know and i i i want to make something i create reflect that as well as i possibly can so
0: this is kind of a sidetrack, but it's it's fascinating to me and I know publishers aren't always like a big deal, but you're on a publisher that has like a select few games that they publish devolver um and it's fascinating to me that one of the like two two of their games are Dropsy and Hotline Miami which are...
2: And Mother Russia Bleeds, if you want to go, if I think... Like, I don't think I've played that one. It's not out it yet, new? but it's incredibly okay. violent. So. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think they actually, well, in- actually kind of have a number of pretty... Like it- really violent games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But what's interesting <laughs> to me about Hotline Miami is that it is it is kind of like this... Uh, the, the, the only input is bludgeoning or shooting, like just incredibly violent and it's the whole loop is just around that for better or worse right right i mean it has value in what it is but um it's interesting as dropsy as just a complete counterpoint to
2: that i'm not um, sure they even knew that dropsy was that when they signed us i don't think they knew a whole lot about it like i had yeah. the info on the kickstarter which was relatively vague you know it did it definitely yeah. didn't emphasize the good undercurrent so that that's
1: interesting. If you feel like they didn't know what it was, what? how did you get that deal?
2: <laughs> well, I think they saw that it was an adventure game, which is something that I read they were looking for at the time. And it was pixel art, which is something they're into. And it was kind of in their style, I guess. Like, a, a very crazy palette. Yeah. And the music was similar to, the, I guess, the kind of music they have in their games. And just, like, it was very devolvery aesthetically. aesthetically. Uh, they yeah. definitely... <laughs> Well, now they probably know some stuff about my beliefs, but I haven't talked to them about it. Like, I, I mentioned it, and Nigel, the guy who I talk to most uh, from Devolver, he's like, oh, it's cool. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> they're they very, very hands-off, I yeah. think, uh, on yeah. purpose. Because there's yeah. another game they have, too,
1: that I think that your game could potentially be an interesting counterpoint to, and that's... Uh, oh, I just totally blanked on it. The um,
2: the, puzzle like, ga- the,
1: the puzzle game that's... Uh, oh, uh this, like, a humanist retelling of the Garden of Eden story. Oh, oh Talos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, obviously yeah, you're biggest, coming, you know. Yeah, obviously you're coming from, just as a, a designer from a different perspective.
2: Though you know. I feel like that game is probably way closer to mine than a lot of, which is funny, because it's a sort of AAA game, but it's way closer to my game in spirit than most of the other ones, just because it's trying to ask questions a little bit that are beyond the... Well, I don't know. Hotline does that a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean... I don't want to say my games... Like, most of the games probably do that in some sense, so... yeah.
0: Yeah. It's hard. I guess, in my mind, Hotline Miami and Dropsy are actually very close while also being very far apart. Like, they're both about this one thing and what it does to a world. Right. Right? Like, the way that you can affect your world with just a simple act. And... In Hotline Miami, that act is violence, and in Dropsy, it's hugging or love, right. <laughs> which is a stand-in for love, right? Right.
2: Yeah. So. I mean, I think um, like that is a very good. It, it's almost an inverse. I don't know. It's it's like it's it it is close, I guess. Uh, though more Hotline Miami one, I think two is more just straight up action with yeah, the subversive elements, as maybe they take a lesser role in the sequel, maybe. <laughs> Sure. I think they're less powerful
1: in the sequel than they were right. in the first, because it's like, oh, I've done this before.
2: Um, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I, I I think they're shooting, honestly, for the same thing in the second game, but it's just, it doesn't it doesn't penetrate as,
0: or it's not. As, yeah. it doesn't
2: as resonate
0: for me. It almost seems to me like the sequel itself was a subversive act. Yeah. Does, does that it's make sense? It's almost a reaction
2: like, to the first game or something?
0: Like a reaction to the expectation for a sequel. Not that there was one for Hollywood. Oh, uh, you're but, right. With the players
2: you know,
0: and all that stuff. Yeah. I so whether that works time. or not, who knows? But uh, I think that's what they were going for, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I can well, see that. so, okay. So back to. So here's a question I had. Was there a point in this? It seems like there's a time span from sort of childhood to 18 years old. Was there a point during that time, or maybe just later, where you really not questioned your faithfulness, but did, did you question. The idea of God, the idea of Christianity. Was there a point yeah, where you really wrestled with there that?
2: There were... Um, so, I guess in my 16 to 18, like, immediately before being becoming involved in a, a church like I was, there were definitely these just... Like my, my brain was just like in this fog of not, ha- I, I, it, that stuff was not completely on the back burner and I, it would, it would surface every now and then, but I would just be like, whatever, don't care about that right now. And I knew God, hmm. was, and I would ask for forgiveness when I did bad stuff and so on, but I just, that's around the age when you start hearing things that challenge, or maybe even a little before that, but start hearing things from peers and other sources that really challenge those ideas. And I didn't want them to change, so it was just kind of on the back burner. And I was still very much, I would still very much defend the faith or being a Christian or something, even though it would be in a very tribalistic way, probably. If someone challenged God, I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, God is real. And I would, like, tell them what paltry like stupid defense i had at the time of why god is real and and you're stupid and like it would just totally it wouldn't have been in the spirit of christianity and it wouldn't be a christian thing but that's what i would have been like so i never really did much major questioning except until um okay there were two times um my sister started dating a dude and he was reading all this existential stuff like Camus and uh those guys uh and that was maybe in 2008 or something like that. 2008, 2009. And then yeah, I started I reading that stuff and it didn't really challenge uh, my faith a whole lot. If anything, I felt like Camus and Nietzsche. Is that how you say the name? And Nietzsche. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah. Ne- Whatever.
2: Nietzsche. <laughs> Nietzsche. I, I feel Nietzsche, like Nietzsche, huh? Nietzsche, which are, you know, I've I heard I so many internet people say it all different ways that I just have no idea. But, um those make guys, up your mind internet people <laughs> those like philosophy 101 books i felt like they almost reinforced my faith because a lot of these guys ended up in such a miserable directionless or even chaotic place by by the time mm-hmm. they were at the end of their works that i just felt like it op- opened up a need for god even more like it showed you a need for god by reading that existentialist stuff so i i was like Hmm, okay, I believe in God even more now, and it drove me. <laughs> in, like after reading books by them, and then but in twenty eleven, I is uh 2010. is when it started. I really like that's when the charismatic stuff very much went away. Um, like I started fell, like fell apart for from you for you in your mind. Yeah, fell apart. Okay. Like it just was unsustainable. Like I started meeting people who were very dedicated Christians who were just incredible people who were having an enormous impact on the communities around them. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and they were just really good people who looked a lot like Jesus. Also, Mr. Rogers caused this a little bit too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, in addition to these people I was meeting and they were, some of them were very liberal. Some of them had theology that was still it, it very much left field to me now that I do not agree with. But, um, it, and they were just, uh, and they didn't believe in any of the charismatic stuff that I believe in, most of them didn't, uh, maybe some of them a little bit to some degree. But, and I'm like, well, gee, wait a minute, if this is the way that God's spirit is supposed to be active in a person through these sort of physical signs, and, and this is the, the way that it happens, then why are we so insular at my church community, and why why is there... So little happening to where we're actually loving people, and then these people I see having an impact. And like, I hate the word impact. I think it's so much church youth group (laughs) stuff or something. Anyway, (laughs) uh, anyway, but like, but really, they they were they were like they were having a whatever. They're having an impact. (laughs) Like they're having a good like people were were actually being helped by them, right? And, and and they believed things that I was taught taught were just very wrong, and and that God would probably be far away from people who believed such things, you know. Mm-hmm. And how were they still doing this? Because obviously, like you, the
1: what? Huh. I'm curious of an example, like the things that you would say. People pe- cares some of these charismatic people in these charismatic churches you were attending. Would say God would be far away from people because they believe what?
2: Well, maybe not like, far away. Like but...
1: some of the charismatic gifts. Is that? What, is that? Yeah, what you mean, like,
2: like, like, if you believe something differently, perhaps about, like, you leave yourself open to attack. For example, like if you, oh, if right. you're not protected, if you don't have this prayer covering, and all these words, I don't expect anyone to understand. But it's just <laughs> stuff I, I akin to like spells, in my opinion. Um, if you don't have this prayer covering around you, then you are open to attack. You can get spirits on you, spirit of alcohol, spirit of whatever will get on you. And then you can't get that thing off until someone anointed comes up, anointed with the spirit of God comes to you and, and, and helps deliver you from this thing. Or unless you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is just another way of saying like my very specific strain of Christianity, you know. (laughs) But, um, so, so I, I, um, like, and honestly, I still go to this church and I love all these people and I don't really, for some of these people, I think it's fine. Like, just believe that it's just fine. Like it's, I don't even think it's that bad, honestly, but it just, in terms of it making sense to me and it, it testing as true to me against, against like, uh, what Jesus said and did. It doesn't to me anymore. But mm-hmm. I don't I also don't think that it's necessarily bad. I think it's great for some people.
1: Do you think though this is this could I dunno. Do with what? this what you will. <laughs> well I don't want I don't want you to, to cause you conflict, but I'm just curious to say you I don't think, think, think
2: anyone it's kind of a okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Um, no, no, I mean I think people will listen, but not people in my church, so we're okay. <laughs> Right.
1: Um, if it do you think though because... You seem to have landed on this kind of. You said earlier that the fruits of the spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. Those are things all show off. Sorry, <laughs> I know very few
2: verses verbatim, so that's just you know. uh, yeah.
1: I really only know that because of this children's song. <laughs> Say the fruit of the spirit. A Danielson
2: not- <laughs> song helped me with that
1: one. <laughs> the one I know is the fruit of the spirit's not a banana. Uh, <laughs> that's but, <so> true. <laughs> that's really. But uh, anyway. So that that you were saying that that's kind of like that's one of the ways you experience God is like when you're when you're exhibiting those fruits or you see those fruits in somebody else like you. That's one of the ways you connect to God. Would you say that like some of the charismatic experience you've had anyway
2: would distract from that on some level? Yeah, I think that's why it became unattractive, like because yeah. I think there's more emphasis on. Not more, maybe, but a heck of a lot of emphasis on this experiential stuff while the music and it's it's almost always while the music is playing uh, the worship songs, which are always very slow and sappy and atmospheric at um, most of the time. Um, it, It's almost it's just I, I, I feel like that is stuff that serves ourselves inside of our church. And let's say it is true. Like like it's it's just us inside of our church. Yeah. And then, and then I feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's not a lot of teaching or time left to go over, like, like, I feel like we should just be out more and among people. There's this thing about, like I was saying, like, leaving yourself open to attack. Um, And, and there's a lot of discouragement of hanging out with worldly people or like you can, you can, you're supposed to be friends with them and be nice to them but don't get too close to them or into their stuff because that stuff can get on you and then it'll draw you away from God. Like, I feel like that is almost, when it gets to that point, it's almost the opposite of what Jesus was saying. Because, what well, is is Jesus so weak in me that... Yeah. And I understand for some people who are tempted by things, like people who have a problem with alcohol or people who have a problem with certain things. But as a general rule, I think we need to be... I'm not gonna say engaging. I already said. <laughs> just use those. words. I think we need to be engaging, or we need to be with people and being yeah. actual good friends to people, and not mm-hmm. just, having relationships. Yeah, and yeah. not just going out at these set times with the express purpose of convincing people.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think you see like. I think you see that in the light – like if you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see that over and over and over again in Jesus' life is that he's – like he's hanging out with people and being genuine among yeah. them. and that's you one know, of like, the
2: main things people criticized about him. Yeah, like he, got, like,
1: he, he was – he hung out with people enough that he was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard.
2: Yeah, I mean he obviously was enjoying his time with these people. Yeah, for that to be a thing, and I I don't know, like it, yeah, and it and it's like it's
1: I I'm with you because I think I I didn't grow up charismatic or whatever, but there's certainly like people in the Christian circles that I sort of frequent that um that are still very fearful. It's not it's a different sort of fear, but it's very fearful of like being too close to the world and right. or being too close to people and that sort of rubbing off on you in this really like faith damaging sort of way.
2: Um, and it's a little sad to me in the sense, I'm sorry, I'm gonna let you finish. Oh, well, I was just gonna (laughs) say, and I think
1: like, there's some risk for me, like, as I'm a Christian professional, basically, is, is is what I am, my, my job, um, like, there's some risk in, for me, in, like, deliberately trying to have relationships with people outside the faith, some people outside the faith, right, Um, there's some people that's
0: totally safe. Particularly so. Stu Horvath is a real problem.
1: <laughs> but I just, like, what, where I find, where I find,
0: <laughs> where I find. I just thought that was funny because yeah. Stu's like a resident atheist. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He'll is appreciate there a that band this. called Resident Atheist? Should... I hope so. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I just,
1: you know, I find, I, I keep going back to the Gospels and that's what, what keeps me from like being discouraged, I guess, is, is seeing the example of Jesus over and over again in that regard.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's just I don't see how that connects to saying yeah don't get you know too near to those people you know uh, or or alternatively there's this incredibly huge barrier to entry to being able to do that you got to get prayed up you got to get prayed up enough to be able to go out there and really yeah. and it's yeah. no, and that's like what they what is said often to discourage it I think but mm-hmm. I don't know and the thing that really kind of makes me sad is that. I think a lot of people have the perception that that exact thing has happened to me because I have so many acquaintances who are not Christians. It's yeah. that it's there. It's because of that, that I have mm. had this change in belief. Cause I don't really talk about it much. I, if it comes up, I'll talk about it. If someone really asks me, but I don't want to open that can of worms, but like, I think that they think that it's because of the world having an impact on me that <clears> I have changed. <throat> and it's, I ascribe my changes to reading the words and actions of Jesus and considering them very deeply. And that's why I've changed. That's why I think I've changed. It's definitely not because I want to hang out with some cool atheists and I want to be part of the cool (laughs) atheists now because that's so tempting or something. Like, I got over (laughs) wanting to be part of, like, groups when I was in uh, 12th grade or whatever. Like, Like, that part of me is gone. I no longer am tempted to be to wanna be the uh, part of the cool group. Oh man, um this Christian stuff is lame, so I'm just going to change what I believe so I can be cool now. <laughs> like I feel like that's what people think that I do now and just I you know, it's such a weird thing to navigate, especially when so many of these same people I deeply love and they're my closest friends. Even my dad is a little is somewhat grieved and we even had a little bit of a talk today over my state as a Christian like he knows that I, and he'll say i know you love god but i get worried about you and stuff and, and it's just it, <laughs> it, it, it makes me sad because i i i feel like this stuff has come only from what jesus did on the earth you know and from nowhere else so i don't know and mr rogers a little bit <laughs> uh okay explain the mr rogers thing. have you guys i posted it like 80 times have you guys seen the video of him like singing to joan rivers no okay so he was on see any of those 80 times okay well yeah i missed it too he has a song called it's you i like and it do you guys know this song the lyrics are like it's you i like it's not the things you wear it's not the way you do your hair but it's you i like the way you are right now the way down deep inside you uh, and then he changes the next line depending on who he's singing to. So for her, he said, uh-huh. "Not your jokes, they're just beside you." And he, so he's telling her, "Not your jokes, not the thing you're most proud of. It's it's you deep in there, you know." And and uh-huh. I think he wrote that as a God to man song, I, that because. I'll, like, if you read any of his, like, books or listen to any of these extensive interviews on YouTube, which I went crazy and did one day, he <laughs> always circles around and starts mentioning the Holy Spirit or God and stuff. And um, I really think, even though, I think every little thing he did was informed by that. Like, mm, and yeah. she started crying. Like, she was trying to get him to drop his innocent guy act for that whole uh-huh. interview. And, then, uh-huh. and, and she was trying really hard. She's like, come on, like, how do you really talk to your kids and stuff when they're bad? What do you really do? Or, you know, whatever. And he just was not budging because that's how he really was. He was just like a freaking super gentle, like, good and kind guy who saw value in everybody. Mm-hmm. And so she started crying when he started singing that to her. And she, like, had her mascara running a little bit. And she was, like, trying to wipe it off. <laughs> and I feel like this was this crazy moment of humanity, like this yeah. these two contrasting things, this lady who made a career on kind of, in a way, tearing people apart with her humor. She was very critical of people. Not saying she was bad, but it's just her kind of humor. Yeah. yeah. And then the most gentle guy ever telling her he really liked her. It must have just been a really weird thing. And I feel like that is a very good example of what Jesus wants us to do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like yeah, really that's... see the value deep in there that he put in people. I don't know. And and so yeah. that has informed my theology a lot. Mr. Rogers. Mm. I like cried because of that stupid video a few years ago. <laughs> it really <laughs> probably changed my life a little bit.
1: Wow. That's cool. That's I mean, it's actually kinda of moving to hear you talk about it. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Yeah. 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 And it seems it seems like something it definitely comes across, I think, in your in your work. Yeah. And in conversations with you in general, you're obviously, like, very motivated by this model that, yeah. uh, not just Mr. Rogers, but it uh, sounds like Jesus.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. Like, I feel like there's not much else to, what there's not anything else to, like, that Ecclesiastes stuff, like, yeah. like what meaningless, like, what, what else are you going to do here <laughs> for anyone, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, what is... This is the last question I'm going to ask. What is the one thing that you hope people gain uh, from playing Dropsy?
2: Uh, I Man, it's so weird that I'm talking like this about this game. Because look at it. It's this freaking clown guy who hugs people. <laughs> but, I mean, in, for me, I really think it's that meaningful. The rest of my team even would be like, what the heck are you talking about? I bet if they heard this. Do you really think that? Maybe, because they're, I don't think they're Christians, and it's just like. I mean, the music is like beautiful. It,
0: there has to be something behind that.
2: I hope, I hope people get that, but I, I guess I just want people to feel like, learn to maybe see the value in people who, like, God does, like, in spite of, like, for example, I think Christians fall prey to this a lot of where we, uh, get a little tribalistic. Uh, and the other Christians in our lives sort of, we see as trustworthy, reliable, like the people in our lives. And then everyone Mm -hmm. else is, is, is sort of a little, don't want to get too close to them, I guess, or whatever. And I don't know, for like, for example, when I was in high school, I'm sorry about going off on an anecdote on your last question, but. No, please. Um, I had a lot of friends, uh, not a lot of friends, but. And I think it was a lot my fault, because I was bullied a lot, like, all through middle school and high school, and, like, I think I learned to develop this defense of, like, oh, yeah, well, and I was already making a few games back then, that was my dream, but I did give up on it after I had to drop out of high school. But I I developed this thing of, like, these stupid popular jocks, yeah, well, you're mighty cool and you get girlfriends, but you can't make, uh computer games or do art on the computer like me and I remember (laughs) going to Cafe Press and like making a super sweet looking shirt with my pixel art on it Mm -hmm. and this was like 2004 back when Cafe Press first started and um (laughs) and it had jtholen.net or my or actually it was digitalwasteland.net my old website and it had a cool thing and I was super proud of that that was the point of pride and that was what I was clinging onto Mm. and that was like And, and like, this internet community I was in, I had just joined something awful. So that gave me a little bit of this cockiness as well. But I still was miserable about myself. Like, uh, I felt bad about myself. I I, I didn't feel like I had much. I really wanted a girlfriend. That wasn't happening. (laughs) So this was, like, my alternative thing I could grab onto and say, like, I am worth something, you know. But it it helped. It, It made me see, like, these kids who liked football a lot or these kids who liked this or that a lot. I put them all into their own boxes, and I was like, that's that kind of guy. I don't want to hang out with that guy, you know. And I carried that into my life for a little while, I think. And it was a defense mechanism, I think, because putting them into those boxes meant it devalued them to me. It meant what they're doing isn't as cool or important as what I'm doing. And I was just doing the same thing that I thought they were doing to me even Mm -hmm. though it didn't reap many benefits, like getting a girlfriend, I was doing the same thing to them. I was writing them off. Like they were a less valuable person, you know? And and so, uh, so I think Dropsy is a little bit of a uh, hits on that. Uh, Like seeing, seeing like, you know what? No, they have infinitely complex interests. They were born with dreams and, and like hopes and they have things that they're scared of and people that they love and people that love them. And like, that's why we we tried to make every, or in my opinion, anyway, why I wanted to make every character in the game huggable. Like you find out a little bit about their life and you mm. can empathize with almost everyone. Like the crazy cop who pulls his gun on mm. you, he has something good about him, you know, but, um, yeah. so, so I, I just, I guess I want players to see that God has imbued everybody with some kind of something in there that, that they have of, <laughs> of value. And it's not like, anything anyone else has you know and mm-hmm. it and you don't need to rely on these stupid like oh yeah i'm into the games i'm a cool game guy or whatever you think is <laughs> cool to 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 for your value like you have something already in there that you were just created with that's really valuable and it's I it's like, like the mr Drop- rogers song yes it's like the mr yeah. rogers song and i feel like dropsy sees that in everybody kind of Dropsy is in a way what I think Christians should be like in the earth and recognize what God has put in every person and try to bring that out of them a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. So, or I, I'm not, I'm going to stop short of saying he's a Jesus figure though. He is a little bit Mm because definitely the idea of him having drawings of everyone he's hugged on his wall is like a little bit to communicate the like, you know, that aspect of like just indiscriminate love, um, but yeah, so I guess that's what I hope people get out of it—like just realize the value that they have and that they're loved and stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, that's cool. I'm super pumped to play it. Yeah, me and, too. Uh, Especially after this conversation. Where, yeah, no kidding, Jay. Where can people go and get this game? Okay. Where would you prefer? Say where you would prefer people go and get this game, because we all know it's probably on Steam.
2: I have no idea what the best place is. Um, you can go <laughs> pr- get it on my website. It's there's a humble widget. I don't know what cut they take. But that's like ten bucks. <laughs> because I'm thinking of the dollars. No, are you on itch.io? Because it seems like that's the best. I place. want it. I'm gonna to talk to Devolver about getting it on there. So okay. if by the time you do this, on if you can, if you can get it on itch.io, itch.io, then grab it there. Because I love that website. Those guys. That comes with a Steam code.
0: So if you're a Steam guy, you still get it on itch.io. Yeah,
2: and so yeah. I would say get it on there if you can. If not, it, everything else is about equal. Also, get the special, super-duper special edition. How it's, much is that? I don't remember. Maybe like 15 or 20. 20 maybe? 19 something. But it comes with uh, both soundtracks. Or wait, I think, I don't know. You'll see. The game will be out. <laughs> so just look at, but get the special edition. But it comes, it comes with, with a the vinyl. I am making a little Almanac for the game, because there's a lot of this weird lore crap in the game. (laughs) And so, I'm making a small little, like, book of secrets with some of the weird lore of the game world and stuff. Some of the weird lore. Yeah. Cool.
0: (laughs) So, Dropsy, what's the address for the website, the actual website? It's dropsytheclown.com and
2: Twitter is at dropsytheclown. Excellent. Um, And your personal Twitter is? It's at jtholen, but I'm too lazy to log in there, so I just use Clown
0: okay so dropsy the clown on twitter you can follow me on twitter at dead yet living and drew on twitter at drew dixon 82 is that right thank you guys for listening to the podcast uh jay thanks again this was really great thank you